And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a season Season ending, wow, it's later Well, it is for the Grizzlies (laughs) Series ending Podcast for the Warriors season ending we're kidding, podcast. We're not having to get on a plane to Memphis in a couple of days. Uh, that was good. And the Warriors are very happy about that, too. But a season ending podcast for the Grizzlies. Um, good game in Chase Center. Mostly tense game, frantic game. 110 96 is the final score. That does not tell the story. Like, this was a close, tense, hard fought game to the end. You know, I mean. It was a series that had a lot of, like, twists and turns and comments and, you know, attempted suspensions, suspensions, flagrants, injuries. But it did seem by the end, like, Memphis, especially without John Morant, the way they pushed the Warriors did earn their Warriors' respect. No question. Uh, It was good for the the Warriors. I I, like him to come that, you know. The physical part, we'll we'll see if Otto Porter makes it back. We'll see if... Iguodala makes it back and how long you make it back. You know, I don't know that Gary Payton's going to make it, the second's going to make it back, but I think this was good for them. I think they felt that. I, I, I got that from Steph and Clay and Draymond uh, after, and, and Kavon Looney after the game. Like, they they needed to be tested like this at some point, and Memphis was going to be the one. I mean, we've how long have we been saying it? Memphis is a tough matchup for them, with or without John Morant. The, the, the athleticism, the length, uh, the toughness, and, you know, maybe this wore out the Warriors. We'll see, but. I think this was a good for. I wrote about Andrew Wiggins. It just was so good for them to see him play like this. They're down by one. He checks in the game like with seven ten left in the fourth quarter. Three pointer, steal, dunk. They are they're ahead and they never give up the lead. For them to see that and for Wiggins to do this in this really important game, which I'm calling like a game seven because they did not want to go get on a plane to go to Memphis was really important for the Warriors just to feel like they can count. I mean, again, you might have some terrible games in the playoffs. Everyone will laugh about it, but they needed him tonight. Really, really needed him, and he was terrific. I mean, I'd extend that mini run you're talking about. It was the it was a wing three. It was a it was an open court steal of Dylan Brooks, which was like you know one of those pick six or scoop and scores essentially. Yeah. So that's a five zero individual run. But then he next possession, Dylan Brooks attacks him again. Dylan yeah. Brooks, by the way, I would love to get into his. But I mean, what a series he by was him. Allen Iverson today. He's like I'm going to shoot every single time down the court. Go, okay. And he was making a he lot. Was of making, it. yeah. He was. Hey, he he, he had was, the guts to take him, but man, he took a lot. Of shots. I would when Marcus gets here. I've, I would love to, to discuss the Dylan Brooks night in, in full. But um, Wiggins, in individual isolation, stones Dylan Brooks, gets a stop, and that turns into a Steph Curry transition three. So I thought it was basically an 8-0 run all sparked by Wiggins. Steph talked about going to the bench, yelling at Andrew Wiggins, kind of in celebration. And that was the – to me, that was the 8-0 run of the game. But, I mean – Wider scope, like he played a really good game in general. It wasn't just then. Yeah, I mean, Mike Brown talked about it. Like, he wanted to guard Tyus Jones 
all 90 feet and he, he didn't but like the fact that he wanted to told the Warriors that this guy was ready for it uh, and, and you know two ways we talk about you know being able to play offense and defense uh, be a threat offensively wasn't you know incredible on offense he scored 20 but 11 rebounds in a 70 rebound you know tour de force by the Warriors uh, going big uh, we can talk about that I mean I am the one who wrote they should go small they said go big stay big and they were fantastic and, and a a mean Warriors official did text me uh, teasing me about how oh you're right we did go big oops <laughs> they went small I mean they yeah I was wrong I said they should go small and Looney come on Looney was amazing Andrew Wiggins played terrific Draymond Green they played 40 minutes like basically and Looney played almost as much this was the Warriors battening it down and just saying, this is who we are. We can do it again. I think there were some question marks, certainly, in the, maybe in their minds in Game 5. Like, that was unbelievably bad, and they pulled it out again against a really tough opponent. Yeah, you mentioned the 70 rebounds. Um, they, and it's, it's what I wrote about, I mean, like, the, or, the origin of the biggest decision of Game 6 comes at the end of Game 5. They pulled the plug on a blowout when they're now 41 in the third. Steph Curry, Draymond Green go to the bench, and they're already kind of, you know, especially during those timeouts where you remember the Marcus who is now here. Like, you know, there was a lot of just conversations and dancing and everything going on. They're already starting to say we want Looney as a starter. And it is a choice that apparently Draymond Green and Steph Curry made. Like, they, it, basically they were going to go down with Looney, go down with the backbone of the team, the guy that started 80 of 82 games this season, who they were, who we – didn't think they should be against Memphis because of the spacing issues. They had purposely separated them, but I mean, I didn't love the decision, uh, but it really worked. Marcus, you are here. Yeah, it worked, it worked incredibly well. The key to it, um, as I was talking to people about it, it, they wanted Draymond or Jaron Jackson to start. And starting Looney allows Draymond to be on Jaron Jackson. I don't, I don't know if I remember her, but I think it was Wiggins on him before Kaminga that's who it was Kaminga on him and Draymond had to be with uh Adams but putting him on Jaron kind of stops that Jaron Jackson opening surge and it helped him win the first quarter I think that's that was kind of like the big deal from the coaching staff like hey if if he's on Jaron Jackson to start that's the matchup we want let Looney bang with Adams and man you know what it's 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 really fitting because Looney has just been everything for this team He, he he never complains. He 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 does all like the dirty work. Games. He sits out like he he gets bitched every fourth quarter, right? Like he's out of the the stretch run. I remember and never argues about it. I remember when he got benched in Atlanta this year. It was the first time. It was late in the season. He probably started at that point like seventy games. He gets benched, and I asked him about it post game, and he was like laughing. He's like, "It's not even a Warrior season until the center gets benched." <laughs> He's like, "I'm just waiting for this." And you know, he talked about all the guys in line before him: the Bogats, the Javales, the Zazas, David West, guys who, as playoff series went on and got deeper, typically the centers disappeared. And we had seen that in both these series. Like Looney had. Become a backup center, uh, couldn't be on the floor with Draymond. And what was crazy is, and I, we all agree, like they went to Looney for like those spurt minutes at the beginning to stabilize the defense. He, they probably thought going in he was going to play 17, 18 minutes. He ends up playing a career high 35 minutes. The final 17, he gets 22 rebounds. Couldn't take him out. Couldn't take him out. Yeah, and uh, you know Jordan Poole did not play it to close the game, but which was clearly the right yeah, choice. Absolutely understandable. Uh, you know. Uh, 
many of us like were like this is a guy that would be the difference between winning and losing, and that was not the case. And and, and it does show that they're they they've got they're deeper than you think. Uh, if you count Looney and you count Porter when he's healthy, did not play like they they are deeper than you think sometimes. Uh, and we we obsess over the five, and I write about the five, but there's more than that. And Kevon Looney just played, you know, he, he played a milestone game for him. This is the game that Warriors fans are going to remember about Kevon Looney. Game six Looney is what this was. Awesome. Well, also just, I think the fact that Draymond and Steph called for this yeah. is like so notable because it's like, you know, we get into the weeds with, with starting lineups and units and analytics and the fans obviously go get up in arms about it. The front office has their opinions. The coaching staff has theirs. But it is important to remember that, like, when, especially this season, as this is a dynasty core that's, you know, trying to have, I don't want to say one last run because they probably have a few more runs ahead of them, but they're trying to kind of resurge onto the scene. Like, they're the ones that kind of at the end of the day seem to get final call, and they wanted Kavon Looney, and, like, that should speak volumes to everybody involved in this whole Warriors process that, like, that's who they wanted to go down with. Yeah, and they they are driven by winning, right? Like Steph is like I don't, I don't have the analytics in front of me, right? Yeah, he's <laughs> they just care about winning, and and to TK's point, it was time to win. Like the the bigger to me, the bigger thing was, was outside of the starting that was obviously huge, but the bigger thing was they were coming up to this tough <laughs> decision. To go with offense or go with defense, Puga offense, Looney defense. What do you do? Having Draymond and, and, and Looney together is a problem. In the end, it was like, yo, who are the five guys that are going to win this game? And Looney's just was, – he was a part of that. Like that – to me, that was a big deal. And they huddled uh, right before – I think it was like five-something left where you, you kind of made that choice. Like, all right, this these are the guys. And, you know, they huddle at half court in front of the scores table. And it was, you know, it's Steph, it's Draymond, it's Clay, it's Wiggins, and it's Looney. And they're like, no more mistakes, Draymond said. No more mistakes. Solid, like, fight for everything. Like, they're giving a speech, and Looney's in the mix. Like, just dripping in sweat. Like, yeah. I've played 12 straight minutes. What is going on? <laughs> Seeing, like, nine Grizzlies. Like, what is. But he, how about the, the sequence? I mean, you mentioned the last five minutes. He has a, his tw- a 19th rebound is a putback with, like, 430 left. His 20th rebound is this, like, skying rebound where he's falling down in exhaustion. He throws it over to Clay. He lays on the floor for a second, gets up, you know, does the Looney kind of stumble back into the lane Steph bricks a three but he jumps catches it throws it out to Clay Clay hits really what felt like the dagger that was 20 and 21 for him and it was just like I I mean it seemed like he could barely stand up but he was just getting every rebound yeah it was it was uh elongating himself in the moment is what it felt like he just was what was what was Clay's line uh Kavon Lunaijawan or whatever it was yeah yeah yeah. by the way he came to talk to us. Looney did like what, what, probably twenty five minutes post game. He was still like breathing hard. In his jersey, in his jersey. Somebody, yeah. text, somebody yeah. texted me that like, is Looney still playing? He's breathing. He's talking I'm like not he playing can't thirty seven straight minutes. What's going on here? The game's over. Uh, yeah, it, it was winning basketball. Uh, you know, I, I had heard it was a debate on the coaching staff. Like, they weren't sure about this. They thought about the small lineup. They thought about, well, they were hoping Porter. I mean, I think if Porter was healthy, they probably would have played, started Porter. But 
the, at the end, they decided Draymond and Steph want this, they're going to do it. And it makes sense, and they were right. <laughs> what could you say? Uh, probably had other you know options within that, the, but once he was grabbing 11 rebounds in the first quarter, what are you going to do? What if they said, Dre, do you want Avery Bradley as your first yeah. No? Oh. Jacob Evans? Uh, <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> hey, guess what? Everybody has wins and losses. This is a win for Draymond and Steph tonight. Because yes, no that... Was the I'll say one thing that I felt, you know, Clay basically said, hey, you know, we could use a day off. We're getting old. Like, I, I saw, felt some of this, like, they're seeing their mortality. Not that they're seeing, like, it's over. But Memphis, like, they lose this game and they lose game seven. Are they second to Memphis no matter what, like, for the rest of the like, Like, this could have been a changing of the guard in some ways. It probably would have yeah. forced some tougher decisions, it, it, like, personnel-wise this so, summer. I, I think they can see that. It's not, again, it's not saying that they see the definite end. I'm saying they kind of realized that each one of these, you're feeling some of these things, and they felt relieved and happy that they got through this, that they still got it, and... They, you know, they have some other options, and they can, they can they can go try to win with Jordan Poole. They can go try to win with Kaminga getting some minutes. Like they do, they they do have these other options, but they are seeing that there is there is an end to this. They're feeling it. it there has to be. There always is. They just want to kind of push it f- away for a little bit, a little bit longer. You know who's not old in this series? Come on, man. Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> Andrew yeah, Wiggins. Well, that's a, that's yeah. uh, I was talking about that before. Like that, it's just like for them to see Andrew Wiggins do this. Playing 42 minutes, by the way, uh, just was like they, they can now say this is one of our guys. Like this, he's one of us. Two straight series. Yep. I mean, he this, a, has he had maybe one bad game? I mean, maybe he and, floats and, in and out, and there's time. But like generally, the thing offensively though, like yeah. defensively, rebounding, he's yeah. been mostly yeah, there. He's banging around, he's hitting the ball. He's like he and Otto Porter have been like you know the two guys doing that and they didn't have Porter so they need Wiggins to do it for the whole game have basically seen, who who has had a weak side block outside of Wiggins like Clay actually came <laughs> Clay over did that boy. Yeah, he did yeah, have yeah, Clay yeah, had yeah. Well. Jordan Poole yeah. has him sometimes but beyond that no not not a lot and um Andrew Wiggins is there's the storyline about his career is changing and it's good it's good to see so maybe some of it was fair, maybe some of it was unfair, but this is changing who he is in the league. And the All Star thing, whatever people made fun of it, that was kind of weird. But yeah, it was old. That was a whole what you know. A yeah. But this is this is a guy like whether he's you know you want to talk about him being the number one overall pick or what, but he's a valuable, valuable NBA player on a really good team, winning big games. Uh, and tonight it was largely because of him. The, the underrated part about his night, like, you know, the rebounds, the big shots, right? Obviously, the, you know, he picked up the, I don't know if that was a steal or Dylan Brooks' river, but off his foot. <laughs> it's still a steal. It's still a steal. It's still a steal, but, like, that, the big play was, like, he drove baseline on Looney's putback. It was set up by Wiggins. He pumped fake the corner three, drove baseline, and made a nice little wraparound pass to Draymond. You don't see Wiggins make nice passes like that. He was pulling. He was showing his complete game, and, and you know Draymond missed the putback, and that's missed the layup, and that's where Kevon Looney came in. But that was that was Wiggins not taking a corner three and attacking the rim. Like that was a a, a winning time decision. He's 
he's really showing something that I think a lot of people didn't think he had. Yeah, you know, it is all the dirty work, which has been the impressive and surprising part of his postseason, but it's also those reminders that, like, oh, yeah, this guy, like, for his career, like, averaged 20 for a long time, and, like, it's still there, and he hits the big threes. And remember, he was, like, the hottest corner three-point shooter in the league this season. He was, like, 42% or something before the break. If they're playing Kavon and Draymond together, (laughs) Wiggins has got to score. Like, he has to score, and he did. Yeah, um, so, Marcus, you wrote about Game 6, Clay Thompson, who arrived again. And, like, you know, I was t- talking to somebody pregame about it, and it was like, you know, I'm not sure it's a good thing that Clay Thompson has the Game 6 aura in his mind because he might be coming out, like, you know, trying to summon it. And as we've seen really through this whole comeback, sometimes the worst Clay Thompson nights are the nights where he's trying to, like, his old self as much as possible where he's just hunting shots that he probably shouldn't but look he comes out and the jumper looked really good right away I think it was like five or six and there was that he was hitting jumpers at a time where if it wasn't him shooting everything was going wonky in the offense pool couldn't do anything off the dribble Steph couldn't hit his shots the turnovers were insane this like we have many nights over the years to talk about like horrible Warriors turnovers I don't know. I, you guys can tell me, but this might have been the worst no, game night. Five, game five. Game five yeah. is the worst. Uh, okay, was- maybe it's, I'm comboing them both <laughs> in my mind, but holy hell were the turnovers bad. But And we can get to that because I think that's going to matter moving forward. But Clay Thompson, like what did he finish with, 30? 30 on 11 to 22, 8 of 14 from three. <coughs> What'd you write, like essentially? Just that, you know, this mean this means the world to Clay. Like talking to people who are around Clay, like this is what he's been waiting for. Like all you know, it's, it was good to get back on the court. It's good to have big games, but Clay's been waiting to be himself, right? And being himself means coming up like this in a big game. And there's you know it, the game six Clay part is not just about like the fact that he has big games it's that he has them when nobody else is going right that's the thing it's in Oklahoma City nobody can get anything going they're down and somehow he's hitting threes and saving them so this was like really you know if if you if you picture his journey as a mountain this was him getting back to the top right this is him feeling like himself again so I just wrote about that like this has been two and a half he's been waiting for this for a long time even more than the last series right this was a the moment they needed him and last series it, didn't get to game six it didn't, yeah yeah <laughs> or and it didn't get to the part where it was like we are desperate <laughs> right and we need somebody to come through and clay wants to come through like he lives for that so that for him to for him to do that again, he was so happy. You could just see him bouncing around like he's holding up six he like Jordan did. Six, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Jordan did it. It was it was the sixth title though, right? Yes. It was like yeah. <laughs> you may, you may so, there. <laughs> yeah, no. Um it was what do you think was kinda of like his biggest shot tonight? Ooh, that, that's a tough one. Uh I think early were the uh, you said the early ones were really important. You know, he hit those three in a row think you know and that kept them going when Steph was not making anything pool was not you know not doing much offensively so they needed him to do it and I think the, that that kind of kept them afloat like Steph was talking about how Andrew kept them afloat well Clay kept them afloat early uh and then kept going with it but I, I just thought the, like hit with those like three in a row second quarter I think uh were just essential to you know that could have been another you know Grizzlies up 15 right it could have been and it wasn't. It was what Warriors up two at halftime. That really like could have been, 
it could have been a lot worse, and it, it allowed them to kind of muddle through the third quarter and then just take off in the fourth quarter. But they outscored them in the fourth quarter, what, 32-19, something like that? Like, that, that's, like, set them up for that. You know, it's, yeah, if, he, you're, if you're coming back from down point. 10 to, to Memphis, it's hard. It's hard. He missed that bunny. He missed the layup, right? And then it was like three, three, pull up, right? Then I think he got another, like, fast break layup, but... That was the part in the game where, you know, at some point you were thinking, hey, they got to have a big third quarter here, and they, it wasn't happening. And then Clay like, steadies the ship. I, I thought that was huge. I, it probably, yeah, that little stretch, I think it was eight straight points he scored. Yeah. It was That was that was a big deal. Uh, I, now I got to go rewrite about that because yeah. I wrote about the last three. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. We both haven't finished, if you can't tell. Slater's finished, but we, we, the columnists are writing at a more leisurely pace, so we can expand and, and expound upon that later. For the record, we didn't get finished with interviews till like 11.15, <laughs> so we're not cranking out columns in 45 minutes here. You, you mentioned the Steph analytics quote as in regards to Looney, who I wrote about, and I'm like, damn, I forgot to put that in my story, because I'm rushing. I'm like, man, can I get back and maybe get that in? Um, all right. So we kind of talked about maybe the, the nuts and bolts of the game. But, look, series is over. This matchup is is essentially over. I think it's good to just look like this was an interesting series. Like, you know, and Steph how mentioned long, it. How long ago does it feel like when Draymond got ejected? I mean, that feels like two months ago. How long ago does it feel like Gary Payton got hurt? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. yeah. So, and Steph mentioned a post game. He seemed to like, he said he liked the pettiness, liked the antics of it. Um you know, in the moment, I'm not sure he did, but 
and and we talked, me and Tim talked about it earlier, but like, you know, I didn't know if, and I was like pretty keenly watching the post-game handshakes. Like, would it be testy? Would they even talk to Dylan Brooks? Steph went over, had a long conversation with Dylan Brooks. Draymond's hugging Steven Adams, hugging Dylan Brooks, hugging John Morant. Like, they came to respect this team. Draymond was hugging John Morant while the game was still going on. Like, (laughs) the final seconds, he walked over to hug John. I I, th- I do think I was curious about how they yeah. would respond, and you know, of course, leave it to uh, Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga to take the shots, right? Like, what John- did Poole do? I saw Kaminga. Jonathan or Jordan Poole left the court doing the gritty. Oh, <laughs> he was doing the John Morant gritty. So you know, let, let the youngsters have fun. But you knew, like, when it was over, especially once Draymond started talking to Ja, I was wondering, do they go? Hey, youngsters, like, have a seat. We told y'all. Or do they, you know, be the elder statesmen, right? Be the be the uh, the OGs. And they did that, right? You could tell they were like, yeah, you know, we're going to take the high road. We're going to appreciate the youngsters, right? Like, we're going to appreciate the fact that we're the target and you got this team coming for us and we were able to stave them, stave them off a little bit. But I didn't think Dylan Brooks was going to hug anybody. But when Steph came over to him, he sure took that I think hug. Dylan Brooks was ready to, like. He was holding back. He say was, something. Everybody say was something. in the mix. Dylan Brooks was, like, way in the back. He's like, I don't know if I'm doing this. And Steph came over. Steph and probably came up and was like, man, you were hot tonight. Keep shooting, yeah, young fella. Right. You should have shot more. I don't know that Clay and Dylan Brooks were going to hug, though. I'll put it that way. They, they had a little, uh, a few little moments uh, tonight. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's. It was a tough series. I, uh, yeah, at some point, you should say, I appreciate that you guys pushed us so far, and the other team should appreciate that they, you know, they, they made the Warriors have to burn everything oh, yeah. they, they had. If they a championship, yeah. it'll be because of the series, yeah, yeah, right? It'll Memphis be, series, so. you know, and also Memphis is a team that ended the Warriors season last year, too. So, like, like it's all this interesting little swirl of stuff. Um, and and I, the Warriors do respect Memphis, you know, and you know some of it they get mad at them, but they do respect what they do. They've always liked Stephen Adams. They've always respected Stephen. I know you know Draymond kicked him once, but uh, he, they, they like twice. Each, Stephen yeah, Adams. They, 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 they like each other though. They do like each other. Yeah. Uh, and you know the the good teams test each other. You you, you appreciate this, the spirit of that. Uh, but I you know we can talk about what's happening next, and the Warriors get a few days off, but then they get to watch Phoenix versus Dallas. I don't want to get there yet. I you want Marcus. To, I want Marcus's full encapsulation of the Dylan Brooks experience. I mean, it was a jaw dropping game by him tonight, and really a series in general. I mean, if you just went through all all the stuff, I mean, horrendous in game one. One of the uh, most controversial fouls you'll see in game two, the suspension, the return. And remember game four was like, that was the yeah. most one of the most cringy like performances you see yeah. with some of the shot selection. Like Memphis was turning on him, yeah. right? <laughs> ja had to get, had to get his back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you know, I guess five was uh, you know it was a nothing. It was it was the one time he was in the storyline. But then tonight he suddenly is hitting everything. He's like loving the booze. Like I like he shot them almost to a win tonight. Oh yeah, no he. You kept thinking at some point, like, oh, these early shots, it's going to cost him later. Like, he's going to keep shooting and he won't make them. But he kept he kept making them. Like, tonight he looked like a really good player. and But I do think the fact they needed him to be the front guy, like, it helped. The difficulty with Dylan Brooks is when you're next to John Morant, he'd be trying to do this, right? But he, he was good. Like, he was good. Let me ask you, too. Uh, where does he rank in like villain lore of of, of recent Warriors history? I mean, is he one? I, like what? Like Tony Allen kind of was for a little yeah, while. Patrick Beverly yeah. kind of has been. Blake Griffin, the Clippers teams. Like, I don't know. 
I, I think he's Harden, right up there. Harden, uh, yeah. Harden always was up there. Who got booed as furiously as he did? I mean, I know it's because of the yeah, foul. He, yeah, he got something. He got Gary Payton second heard. So, well, I mean, yeah. you know, it's villain lore. You got to do some stuff. Right? Like when he heard Clay, he yeah, got, okay. yeah, yeah, he yeah. And Danny Green is not beloved in, in, in Warriorland. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's up there. I mean, like if he had clubbed stuff like that, it would be you know number one of all time ever. But. Uh, he's up there, and the fact that he's like mouthing off to fans and he's making shots and like that, it's up there. But uh, we'll I, we'll have to let's let's step back a little bit and wait on that one. And it might not be it, it, the the passion might calm down in a little bit. Uh, but he, I mean, they play him again. I mean, he's going to be the guy, right? They're going to look. They at, might play. Yeah, him uh, again. they might play him again. I what mean. a figure in this series! I enjoyed yeah, it. He had one good game out of six. So. Well, look at the plus minus. Like he was pretty good on plus minus every single game, even when he was missing. Like this, I mean, there's, there's something there the, that he matters to this team. The he, Warriors would also argue his game too was pretty impactful. <laughs> he still was plus, by the way. I, I mean, I, I, I'm a Dylan Brooks guy, although he had some weird games. But <laughs> yes. he plays D. Ride you know, that roller coaster. Yeah, 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 yeah. If, if, you, if you're going to sign him to the extension in your theoretical, you know, GM ship, yeah, yeah. uh, well, you got to take him or Tyus Jones. I'd take him. Yeah, yeah. Tyus Jones actually didn't impress me much. If you're gonna sign, you know, if you if you could sign one of them, who you sign, like for whatever the price is gonna be. Although Brooks is signed, right? I think he's signed. Yeah, but yeah. like, I, I just think he's I, one of those I guys. Who, I don't know that, that. The problem is Dylan Brooks doesn't see him on the Tyus Jones level. Yeah, no, that, no that's the problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, when he got hot today, it was just oh, like, it was, oh, oh, it was oh, great. But he was um, making some tough shots too. He was. Right? He was. But All right. I do think the big deal in this series, which. I mean, look, credit to the Grizzlies, man. They talk a lot ahead, but they backed it up. I mean, they made 15 more threes. They made a, they stayed in this series and literally could have won it because they made three-pointers at a clip they never made. They never shoot like this. As we talk about different figures that have at times been uh, hot topics on this podcast, I must say Jaron Jackson had a good series. Uh, remember remember my pre-series? Can he, can he play more than 18 minutes? Yeah. Like He was like, he says he, this really? night. He's 5 for 19 yeah. with 4 rebounds in 38 yeah, minutes. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Would you, would, you all three, would you all three agree that Jaron Jackson impressed you over the course of this series? I've always liked him. I yeah, think he's a tough I'm player. I think he's a tough player. player. I think he's a tough player, specifically for the Warriors, because they hate that length. You know, they just don't. It's hard for them to deal with. He is a fantastic. I mean, we know he's a fantastic defensive player, and when you're a fantastic defensive player at six foot eleven, like that is, uh, that's hard to deal with. Uh, he's a good player, and he's still young. I mean, like that, there's a reason why the Warriors say James Wiseman. Take a look at him, like, just because, like his his he, he's taken off. Like his career is taking off. Um, you know, be interesting to see what they do with the contracts and jaw and everything. And, you know, do they have to retool the defense at all? But, man, uh, th- this is an interesting young team. Just those two guys. Just those two guys. They're really interesting. And they got other guys, too. Desmond Bain's a hell of a player, by the way. Yeah, he, he kind of got back at the streets. But let me, let's get off Memphis as a topic. I want to go back to the Warriors and let's talk to the crowd. I thought this was the best crowd ever here uh you know obviously it doesn't have to go up against much but you know it's a game six it's a friday night um but i i a lot of times judge crowds like right before tip like do you already have generated the energy you don't need a three-pointer to get yourself going and i thought you could tell right away like oh this is gonna be a good crowd tonight i don't know what you what do you think i thought they were good i you know there was moments where the warriors were struggling where they kind of picked up the energy there was one moment uh 
I think it was Steven Adams at the free throw line. And Draymond is like, come on, y'all. Like, <laughs> like, get up. But they respond really well to the moments, right? Like, those run. I remember we used to remember this in Oracle. Like, teams would just get rattled. Like, two threes, and then the, the arena is shaking. Coach is calling a timeout. You get some. You got some of those vibes. So if they're making the shots, Chase goes a bit crazy, right? They 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 can get pretty hype. Uh, I thought this was, uh, you know, I thought this was a their best crowd. Yeah, yeah. They, they grew yeah, up so a little. Chase some, grew up yeah, tonight. Sometimes anxiety makes for good crowds. Like it makes you loud. It makes you, you know, on your seat. You're not laying back and just eating your pretzels. Uh, and I think that's what it was tonight. Like they were anxious. Like they did not. They knew what a loss tonight would have meant. Uh, it might have meant an end of the season at some point. So no more chase games. Uh, no more chase games. Uh, it felt like like the the crowd was like living through it. Like sometimes I don't feel that with Chase Center. Like they're not living through every play. They're just kind of like, oh, when's Steph going to get the ball? It's going to be great. Yay! And like they were anticipating when you know when these guys had the ball and were about to put up a three. They were anticipating but in a possible great defensive plays. They just felt it, uh, and that is the difference. They reacted to more than just shots, yeah. right? They, yeah. When oh, Looney yeah. was getting the rebounds, they were into it. Yep. Wiggins playing the D, that you could feel the reaction to that. So, you know, they're, you know, they're not Oracle, but, again, it's like we always say you can't compare it to Oracle. It's just a different era. Uh, but, yeah, it did grow up. There, there was a sense that, like, they were part of this. They were, in, you know, they're still not out there for the start of their quarter, through, but that's, you know, that's, that's always going to be the case of Chase and Through five games, like FedEx Forum and Memphis had just been much the much better home court in this series. Way, and I, th- I thought tonight, like, it, you know, yeah, I think it matched. Was, yeah, it. If you talk about rattling the opponent, this rattled the opponent. Uh, and by the way, I'll throw this out there since people do uh, respond to these things when I say on, 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 on a podcast. I think it's $7 million per game, first two rounds. It's going to be like $11 million for the, at least two home games next round. Uh, and after that, it's like $16 million in the finals. So gross. Nice. Gross. Way, gross. Not, not, not net. They don't take that, but that's the, that's the gross. And it's humongous money. One, one tip for chasing a crowd. Don't take other people's chance. Do, do <laughs> your own thing. Like lock so, in. So you didn't like that. I, I thought it was at like least that. like to me. The only thing I was like, hey, you know, they're paying attention. Yeah, you know was, what I mean. Like, I mean that, that's, that's a low bar. Yeah, I'm just spontaneous in the moment. I'm just that. saying. First off, it didn't sound right. Like no. No, they're like, woo, that's yeah, it's it's like it no, you can't do it like yeah, Memphis. You got to have that Memphis grime on you yeah. to do it. First off, you have to have seen Hustle and Flow, right? That's a big part of it. Like, it's a movie about Memphis, right? Like, that's why it matters. It's not just a random thing. But, like, you know, it's time to come up with your own thing, right? They, they try to do the Warriors from Oracle. It's not Best the thing same. I thought they had tonight was it was, I think, like, mid-fourth. And I think it was the P- Pilo came on oh, and yeah. was, like, from the you know South Bay, oh, from the and then when he said East Bay, that was interesting. Oh, there was a lot of East Bay. I was shocked. Yeah, yeah. incredible noise, and then I heard North Bay. It was nothing. <laughs> that was me. I'm like I'm North Bay. <laughs> Runner Park? Anybody? No, no, nobody. Somewhere real cool else is like I told you the East Bay would make it the chase. Brandon Schneider's gonna have that on like a promo video, but. Um. Yeah. No. So I thought the crowd was good. Um. Tim kind of mentioned it, but now the Warriors sit back, get it, and a complete day off. They're not even practicing Saturday. I think it's very good for them that uh, uh, not only that the that forget them us. Yeah, we get to relax. We get the rest when Steve Kerr's back. Uh, I don't think he was 
set to to coach if there were game seven on nah, Monday. He's so done this series, <laughs> yeah. So like maybe he's back Monday, maybe he's back Tuesday. I think part of that was like you'd have to fly out Sunday well, too. Imagine Mike Brown in a game seven. Yeah, over there. yeah. Uh, I don't think I don't think Steve was gonna make it. So again, part of that was like he would have to fly out Saturday and and have two two negative tests before that. And it might it might have been running out of time. But I'd imagine he'd be back Monday or Tuesday. Uh, and and then, game one is Wednesday. Yeah. So fly out with the team on Tuesday. I would say because I think so. You, you are handing this to the Phoenix Suns already because oh, you ain't, yeah, yeah. You maybe, ain't maybe flying. Maybe you don't fly out. Maybe you don't fly. I always assume fly just because we always have to assume the worst case scenario for us, and it would be flying, and that's okay. Flying to Phoenix is a lot better than flying oh, to Memphis. Yeah, I'll take that. No, I like Phoenix too. Flying to Dallas is flying is better than flying to Memphis. Yes, no question, no question. Their flights direct. <laughs> yes, a lot of times when you're flying to Memphis, you have to fly to Dallas and yes. then Memphis. Yeah. Um, so. I mean, obviously, they should be rooting for Dallas. Uh, you know, you get home court. I think it's the less threatening opponent. While still, like, that would be a really tough series if it is Dallas. But um, Phoenix the more complete team. Phoenix is who I'd expect. We, can get, we will dive deeper into the matchup once it comes out, maybe on a Sunday night, Monday podcast. Uh, but do you guys just have initial just thoughts going I, into I, an interesting I, game? I was seven, talking so. to a Warriors person who was theorizing that Dallas would be the tougher matchup just because they're funkier uh, and, you know, Phoenix, they kind of know everything, right? I mean, they're good, but they're kind of basic. You match up, you match up. Chris Paul, you know where the ball's going to be. And Luka is a whole other animal. I think Phoenix is just the better team and it would start on the road, would be tougher. But I get what they're saying about Dallas because Dallas has a lot of other pieces. Brunson's tough. They do a lot of things that that are like really, really, you know, they're beating up phoenix in three of these games and phoenix is really good like phoenix has been better than the warriors so maybe dallas will be a tough matchup i i just think starting at home twice the chance to get a tired dallas team here would be far superior you might get a tired phoenix team but it'd be there and i just think phoenix is better but i have heard the the postulation that dallas would be tougher from a warriors person yeah yeah i'll I think there's a part of them, even though you want the game seven at home, there's a part of them that likes that. Just go get one on the road and then come back home. And then you know they believe they can win in Phoenix, right? Well, especially now that they're going to be sitting on what? You get Saturday, Sunday, Monday, two, four days rest, and, and Phoenix is playing Sunday, and Phoenix will be coming off, you know. If they go to Phoenix get one. And get game one. one. Yeah. And game one would be the one yeah, to go yeah, get, get one. It's what they did against Memphis, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. That that won the series because nobody else won on the road. That that won the series. Game one won the series. No No question. question. And you know that. I just feel like there's some people who are like, you know, what was getting one on the road and putting Phoenix behind and then coming home like that. Like start is the hunter in a series instead of the hunted. It's. it's, I mean, I could hear the argument, but I could also just see that. That Phoenix, can Phoenix be, Palace yeah, Electric in Game One, and they're getting easily win one here too. So yeah, yeah. that's the other issue, right? Like Phoenix come here and steal one. Now yeah. you now you behind the eight ball, right? Yeah. So I just think Phoenix is a better team. You know, if Chris Paul is is healthy, I think he's healthy. He's not playing great lately, but I, I just think they're the better team. They're just more versatile, deeper. But again, you know, Luca is who guards Luca? Like you know, you start going through that. I don't know. 
and weekends, and honestly, like Clay actually guarded him decent this year because because a lot of times Luca wants to go bully ball big, and like that's the one. Like Clay can still kind of guard that; he just can't guard the fast guys. I think Luca is the problem. I think it's the it's the corner threes. Finney. It's the well, it's the problem. Yeah. What's well, the problem that Luca creates too? Yeah, yeah. that's because you gotta overreact. But yeah. like, I give let Luca get fifty, drive into the hole. Yeah, Kleber. Uh, it's Kleber. Kleber. DFS. Yeah. Uh, I would say the Warriors. As we head into the next series, we kind of wrap with this, but they have issues they need to figure out. Which the turnovers are just like they oh. have to clean those up. Um, Steph Curry's. Do they? They didn't win a series. <laughs> They're not going to beat the next team hey, doing that. I don't think. No, to be fair, I don't think the next team will create turnovers no, like them. No. I, I think it was a Memphis matchup deal, right? Okay. I, think, I do think it was kind of specific to Memphis. Two other things: uh, Steph Curry goes six to seventeen from three tonight, <laughs> ten and twenty-seven overall. He's just not shooting it that well. He's not scoring it that efficiently. Like I just feel like for them to advance now that they're to the later rounds, like he needs to reemerge as like forty percent from three, Steph. Getting bad guys yeah, off the dribble better. Games. At least a couple games. Like, he hasn't really had, like, a torch game. Tonight I mean, I was the most is. threes he's yeah. hit in the playoffs, six. Yeah, and that's with a whole lot of attempts. Like, you know, I did say – or didn't I say, like, Andrew Wiggins is going to have to win them a game or two in the playoffs? And he, I think he did. Steph's going to have to – in the next couple rounds, he's going to have to have two or three. Per round, teams. probably, yeah. considering yeah. who they might I be mean, playing. You know – I think that has something to do with the coaching staff. <laughs> tonight, tonight, I thought they had him in great position. He was, he was. How many times do you remember him tonight on isolation against bigs and getting to his shots, trying to get to the rim, and he just wasn't hitting. Especially the first half was like a bad Steph Curry half. Some of the passes too, he's trying to wrap around, throwing them out of bounds, like whatever. I'm just, I do, just, think, I do I think, just, think a lot of that's Memphis, man. Memphis is tough. Yeah. They. They have the you know what else problems. is tough? Like the Dallas, Dallas defense yeah, Dallas is tough. Phoenix's yeah. def- yeah. defense is tough. Uh, Boston and Milwaukee, whoever comes out of that series, like I mean, yeah, these yeah, no defenses question. are not going to get oh, easy. No question yeah. at all. Like, and that's the what you know. Some of them are mindless, but um, I thought a lot of them tonight were the Warriors, so harried by the half court defense, they're just trying to throw it ahead, throw it ahead, so yes. they don't have to deal with the half court, and they're throwing it ahead to nothing, but. Like that's Forcing just like, yeah, yeah. like we just got to get the ball moving because we if we start throwing it side to side they're gonna steal it anyway because they're that good uh, and you know we'll you know Phoenix kind of plays like that anyway though so like Mikael Bridges is that kind of player we'll, we'll uh, see but I also think Jaron Jackson terrified them yes no in problem. a way that Dallas doesn't have anybody who's gonna terrify Aiden, them in the back not line. really eight not really right you know. You know, you start getting to the finals, that's a different animal. But I do think you could see them driving to the lane, and they're wondering, where is Jaron Jackson? Yes. He's oh, coming yeah, to like block the shot. And they got Tyus <laughs> Jones on him. They're going, oh, we got to pass it out yeah, because, like, Jaron's around here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think that was a unique Memphis thing that especially Dallas can't duplicate that. Like, Dallas doesn't have anybody that they worried about. <laughs> and, you know, you like especially like with Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole was the one who could kind of – Sneak a couple past JJJ, <laughs> yeah. right? He but, had a couple nice finishes tonight. But in general, that was the last thing I wanted to get to as far as, like, stuff the Warriors need to work out going into the next round. Jordan Poole had three bad games. He, he finished 4-15 shooting tonight, 2 of 11 from three. This is now two straight series where he's just been awesome, one, two, three, and then was kind of figured out by the opponent maybe a little bit. I mean, obviously he had the mid-series jaw situation that seemed to rattle him a little bit, but... 
by three, four, five, or four. I think that's on. If Jordan Poole gives you three great games, the last three are on Steph. <laughs> like that, I, I kind of take that. That's fine, but just margin for error gets slimmer the better the teams yeah, you they play. Can like get more from him, but no, we talk about game one, one in the series. Jordan Poole was the best player in game one, so like remember that. But yeah, it, you know, if Phoenix figures him out from game two on, they're in some trouble. Uh, you know, it, it's a good test for it. Like this is all a test. Everything's a test. And can he figure this out? Can he, like, whatever is going on with him, you know, stop this just dribbling into the middle of the defense, you know, this high dribble, you know, going in. Here, oh, by the way, take the ball away from me now. Um, can't do that in the playoffs. Just that's not what's going to be available to you. This is not all. do it. They're in the Western Conference yeah. Finals yeah, if yeah, you did yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. you can do it. You like play that. the you final 7-10 in the fourth quarter. That's what's going to happen. You can do whatever you want. You just might get eliminated. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we will talk to you probably Monday previewing Warriors. Who is your guest? Warriors? Uh, my wife wants to go to Phoenix, so I'm going with Suns. Warrior Suns, Marcus says. I go with the home team in Game Seven. Warrior Suns. Yeah, that's probably the, the likely guess. Although Scott Foster is that Scott Foster music? <laughs> yeah, he is Scott Foster. Dun dun dun. All right, uh, we will talk to you Monday. Zane Fitzgerald. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.